Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. It's Ken Miller and Trent Condon, and we're here for the next couple of hours spending uh, time talking sports with you. Thanks for tuning in here this morning. BMW Des Moines guest list. Well, Tuesdays, Wednesdays are for baseball in the fall, and uh, today being no different, 1030, bottom of the first hour of the program, Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com, our go-to uh, baseball guest, will join us. We'll go around MLB, get caught up after seemingly leaving the sport behind for the last four or five days. Uh, we'll catch up with Matt Snyder uh, from CBSSports.com. 11.05, the Bears are off on the right foot. Jeff Hughes to BearsBlog.com. Bears, Packers, Sunday night football, but the Bears are one know. The Packers are 0-1, and likewise the Lions, the Vikings tied at the top. Not saying there's a changing of the guard, but kind of feels like maybe there's a changing of the guard in Green Bay. You know what happened last year in Week One with the Packers? They got crushed by New Orleans. Crushed. You but know who they had? Different. Devontae Adams. They did. You know who they don't have? Anybody that uh, I can't catch the football. Um, this Watson just looks different. had a drop. It was a huge drop, but he had I mean, a Trent, drop. It was right in his hands, and he had two steps on the defender. Did Aaron Rodgers handle that correctly, though? Um, with with the eyes, you mean? Yeah. Well, he didn't know he was going to be on camera. Well, he should. He should, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have no problem with it. I understand that he has... Frustration. Yeah, and big expectations for his guys. Mm-hmm. You're going to play here, we're going to put mm-hmm. it on you. And if you can handle it, you play. Alan Lazard. If you can't, you're going to get cut. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why guys like Randall Cobb gets brought back right. on a cheap contract. Because he, he trusts him. He can trust him. Yep. You need to have trust in Watson because... He is the only guy on that roster that can be a big play talent. Yeah, with with his speed, uh, I don't disagree. But you know, when I say that about the Packers, I, I maybe say it as much because I was impressed by the Vikings. Oh yeah, yes. the Vikings offense—they got that offensive coach. They've come alive. I just don't think that the Packers are going to crater. Well, I don't think they're going to go away. It's not like they're going to be drafting in the top five. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if, for the first time in a long time. With this that is defense, a legitimate race. And that running game? A race, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm with you there. That, I think we're just coming at it at two different angles. Here. Well, I, yeah, I don't think they're going to run away with the division. And, and for that reason, I think maybe maybe there is a changing of the guard. We'll see. There's a lot of football to be played. Yes. But I, well, as impressed as I was in the Vikings, I, I kind of, um, you know... It's still it's still Aaron Rodgers. I get it. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but uh, we will talk to Jeff Hughes, and then we'll get into the Big 12, because this conference from, really, can you say top to bottom? Oh, absolutely. At least where we thought it was going to be top to bottom. Right. West Virginia is looking like they're not going to hold up their end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. But they've got some teams in this, in this conference, some really tough outs. It's going to be a fun race to watch. I think you said months, weeks, whatever long ago we were talking about it, that you could see... We, we both thought that whoever finishes second, we better brush up on our tiebreakers because yes. there's going to be a glut of teams that are in this thing right until the end. And, and, I, and I think that's the way it's going to be because there do- doesn't look like there's clearly anybody that's head and shoulders after two weeks better than anybody. Are there a lot of good football teams? Now, that's Oklahoma my biggest take. is the highest ranked team. Gabriel's played well. Yeah. But they're struggling with Kent State. What was that mm-hmm. thing? 3-3, something like that, late into the second, first half? It just Oklahoma State? 
I like what we've seen from Sanders at this point. Central but, Michigan put 44 on, and then Central Michigan, they not, they played awful this past weekend. And what Central Michigan scored? 28 points there late in that game? I just, uh, they ended up with 44, and now there's a bunch of them in the fourth I think quarter. Jim Knowles matters just a little bit? Yeah, he's doing well. I'll say. Baylor? <laughs> Look what he's doing in the Big Ten. I, I thought they lost too much to be where everybody was putting them in the top two with them in Oklahoma. I thought that was too much this year. And then Texas. It, it was a great effort. And a game that they easily should, could, whatever you want to say, won. Quinn Ewers may, might have made a difference in the football game. No offense, Hudson Card. But we've seen these moments before from Texas. Are they better than a 7-5 and five team still, especially with this injury? Uh, fair question. Fair question. They, they got some skilled guys. Four-way tie at 6-3? and three? Uh, <laughs> Two of the, two of the four get in? Hell of a race. I would not be surprised at all. Uh, so I'm looking forward to speaking with uh, with Derek Duke, who will join us about 11.30 for Heartland College Sports, with his, uh, with, which is a website that devotes itself to uh, to Big 12 and Big 12 coverage. Uh, so um, just kind of some hangovers from uh, from the Cyhawk game, and the depth chart came out for uh, both Iowa and Iowa State for their next opponent. I'm not even sure we need to bring about Iowa State because I don't think it changed. Right. I just think it that doesn't over the course of the season. Put it up at the beginning of the year, and mm-hmm. um, but the news was uh, that uh, Iowa's depth chart came out, and we both thought, you know, if there's ever going to be a time, mm-hmm. this is perfect. You've got a team that is awful on defense coming to town in Nevada. It's a night game. The fan base seemingly needs something uh, to get them back on board again because, let's be honest, uh, the the feelings around this program are nowhere near what they were two weeks ago. There's a lot of folks teetering on the brink. I'm not going to a game. I want to get rid of my tickets. I should have sold the Michigan tickets while I would have got a good price. Nobody in Nebraska wants to buy these things because their team, team stinks too. There's a lot of fans. Uh, that have just reached the reached the end. So, an opportunity with Nevada in town to, you know, to give them a pretty good feel, and you're going to run out with Spencer Petrus. I thought this would have been a good time to change. It's the I'm depth not chart. Sure. We have to start there because the caveat always has to be with Kirk. Just go back to a couple weeks ago. I think it was Jennings Dunker they were talking about some offensive line. Oh, we didn't put him on the depth chart. He deserved to be yeah, on there. Put right. him on there. Yeah, put him on there. That shows you how much dedication mm-hmm. Kirk Ferentz has to this depth mm-hmm. chart. But it is something. And there were changes that were made yes. to the depth chart. Yep. If it was just a reprint of what we saw last week or what the actual depth chart was to start the Iowa State game, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But there were changes made, but I don't think there was a whole lot of consideration. So here's my here's my theory behind it, if we're going to hear today. So yesterday we talked to Scott Dockerman here on the show. Doc said he believes well, he's a change heard internally. Yes, that a change is uh-huh. happened. I was in with Sean But he yesterday. did say... I'm not reporting this. Right. He said, this is what I had heard. David Eicholt, 24-7, had him uh, with Sean yesterday on the drive. And he said the same thing. He is hearing that a change is going to happen this week. But same thing. They're not, it's not strong enough that they can go with confirmation. But mm-hmm. that is what the rumblings continue to be. So we have two beat guys that are saying basically the exact same thing. Here's my theory behind it. Because if you come out yesterday with that depth chart, it is all... And today, when the guys start talking here at 11 o'clock, that is all the conversation is going to be. This was an opportunity yesterday to talk with the team, go through practice, go through meetings, do everything that you need to do. Talk to Spencer Petras, talk to Alex Padilla, talk to the captains, talk to the leadership council. Do all the things when you're making a change like this that Kurt Ferris believes you have to do. And there's a bunch of players apparently on the team that feel the same way. And you gave that kind of coverage in order to do it. Mm-hmm. Do it the right way. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately at least my theory behind what is going on here because if it's just we're trotting out Petrus again it is what it is 
I just I can't wrap my mind around how you could possibly do that. I, as a football I, I'm coach. with you, Trent, and and, and this is. Um, are you starting to hear that internally that there are some questions among some of his teammates? Is what are we doing here? Yes, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's not good. So we'll see. We'll we'll see. Now Tyler Kluver apparently was on the morning rush here today, and I've seen a lot of Twitter uh, regarding his comment. Um, come on, folks, this is Kirk Ferentz. You've got 20 years of history behind you. Mm-hmm. He doesn't change. You you can try and convince yourself that he's going to make that, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, yeah. but that was uh, kind of um, his take that, look, we've seen this before. Right. This guy's not going to change at this point. So but we'll he has see. changed. He has made well, the change. Kirk, we, we had that little bit of a phase. We've seen quarterback changes. We've seen the golden Grudgingly. boy. Grudgingly. And Jake Christensen uh-huh. leading into Ricky Stanzi. Uh-huh. And how did that end? Do you remember how that ended? Yeah, it was ended in pit. Yeah. Where where Christensen was given one more chance. And was and was was Petrus given one more chance, see that is the second half of the Cyhawk mm-hmm. game, to elevate his player to prove that maybe we should give you one more chance. Right. I don't know. I just think Maybe that- I'm just being hopeful with that because that's the correlation that I'm making. That was that was Petrus' last stand. And he wasn't able to deliver. And because, it was, because it was Christensen's last stand. And now yesterday, yes, the depth chart comes out. It doesn't mean anything. And there wasn't even an or. We're going to talk internally. We're going to get this figured out. Uh-huh. And today is when fans, media, everybody's mm-hmm. going to know. Or at the very least, say, we're having an open competition this week. You have to, Don't you have to give some kind of nugget to the fan base? You see how ugly it is. You hear yeah. how ugly it is in Kinnick. Right. You see message boards. You yes. see what it is on Twitter. You were there. You heard the booing. No, I don't think it's booing Petrus. No, it's... I think it's Brian and Kirk. Absolutely. But you know how ugly mm-hmm. this is getting and how quickly it can turn. You have to give at least, even if it is just, a, if it's just as simple as it's open competition this week. We're opening it back up. We're splitting reps. As simple as that. I think that's enough to appease the Iowa fan base for a week. Mm-hmm. But with Rutgers on deck... And Michigan after that. And then Illinois, who's got a pulse. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, the next game after that's Ohio State. You don't get this thing figured out quickly. Holy mackerel. You're looking at an 0-4 well, start in the Big Ten. They're going to be. That's not crazy. It's not. Yeah, I think right now you'd sign for 1-3. and three, Right. Um, which, which would get you to three wins, if assuming you beat Nevada. Well, Nevada's awful. They're really the, bad. Nevada's yes. awful. They give up over 600, uh, north of 600 yards to Incarnate Word. Who just started football, what, 10, 12 years ago, whatever it was? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Uh, you should blow them out of the water, regardless of who the quarterback is. But what did, do you believe that there was a, any date in August, at any time in August, there was legitimately an opportunity for Padilla to win the job? Never. I don't think there was a time in the spring. I don't think there was a time in the summer. I don't think there was a time during August. So yeah. even if he wowed them, this was all a charade. Uh-huh. This was all BS. This was his golden child. There's something about Petrus that he has mm-hmm. Kirk Ferentz wrapped around his little finger. I don't and know how. I think it's more Kirk. I think this is more Kirk. I th- I, ultimately, that's where I think this is. I don't know what it is, if it's his leadership qualities, if it's his guitar playing, if it's his goatee. I don't know what it is, but there is something that Spencer Petrus has that Kirk Ferentz can't get him out of his mind. Yeah. You remember those girls You know, just couldn't get out of your mind? There, there's something that Petrus has that Kirk can't quit him. Well, he hasn't so far. We'll see if we get any news today. Well, it's been a tough uh, go for Brian Ferentz. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, a couple of allies were asked to... Um, to express their feelings for Brian, come out in support of Brian. Uh, Bobby Stoops did, mm-hmm. and, and Fran McCaffrey had um, 
I mean, they they could tell when th- th- this guy's in a bad place. And Brian is in a difficult spot right now. So Bob Stoops went in front of a camera and um, had this to say about Brian. There, Brian, Bob Stoops here saying hi. And uh, listen, I know you've had a tough couple of uh, two, three years there, but the good news is your family still supports you, buddy, especially your dad. He wants you to know that. But uh, and even though everyone else seems to be against you, sometimes the best advice is to break free from the family business, man. Go do what you got to do. So uh, anyhow, all the best to you and a big boomer sooner and good luck. All right. So that's Bob Stoops, obviously played there, coach with Kirk. And um, I mean, he feels what Brian is going through. Uh, so he wanted to um, express his feelings. Likewise, Fran McCaffrey, who's in the building, uh, and this um, this has to be tough in the athletic department, watching these guys you know, go through this, regardless if it's the Hawkeye basketball team, if it's Bluter's Bunch, regardless if there's some downtimes, they rally around each other. And Fran McCaffrey realized this, and he had this to say about, well, Brian. Hey, Brian. Fran McCaffrey here. I wanted to reach out and let you know that all of us in the Hawkeye family are thinking about you. Your family loves you. Your dad loves you. The Hawkeyes love you. Maybe think about making a move back to New England. But wherever you go, wherever you are, the Hawkeye family will always be with you. Go Hawks. So maybe there is something to it that the word's getting out that uh, New England is, you know, maybe he wants to go back. Um, (laughs) But his family loves it, especially your dad, uh, is what Bob Stoops had uh, reminded everybody. Those are so good. I've never laughed so hard in a long, long time. My squad's going down in flames mm-hmm. on Monday Night Football. they just given $250 million to the Savior under center. Um, and that's not going well. And these things pop up on my Twitter. And what these are is cameos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I played it. At the, I played Bob Stoops. And then the best part about it was is they didn't come out back-to-back. At least right. I didn't see it. The, so you see Bob Stoops, and you hear what he had to say, and then you just it, it was allowed to breathe on its own mm-hmm. for a half an hour. So, And then the McCaffrey one hits. I don't know who's behind these. Obviously, they're not talking about Brian Ferentz. Right. right. This is a different Brian. This I, was not sent to Bob Stoops and Fran McCaffrey right. saying, this is a message we want you to put out for, for Brian, Brian Ferentz. This is a, just a guy by the name of Brian mm-hmm. who apparently is going back to New England and apparently has been involved in the family business and just kind of going back and forth. Maybe it's tight. Who did this? How long have they been sitting on this? Sure. The writing is absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. And when you baited the hook, and and the and and McCaffrey and Stoops both accepted these cameo requests, how much the pins and needles that you had to be sitting on had to be penetrating deeply, waiting for you to get that ping in your email or however these things get sent that your quest was successful. This is trolling at a level I have never seen. So this was incredible last night as. It popped up on my Twitter timeline, scrolling through, watching the game last night, like you. And it was Andy Staples, a national writer, and he didn't have anything about Iowa connected to it. It just said, this is, this is, this is diabolical or something like that. And I don't know why, because I normally wouldn't click on something like that, but I did. And I see it, and it clicks. It clicks in my head. Oh, I see what Staples He's was saying. Had. Oh, I get this now. 
And then it goes down and it starts blowing up and it creates more and more steam oh. and more and more people are talking about that. And you're exactly right. And then 45 minutes, an hour later, one comes out from Fran. They got Fran too. And Fran comes <laughs> That's out. That's exactly. They, oh my God, they got McCaffrey too. And that one with the New England one took it just another extra inch further. And the sincerity that Fran. Yes. Hey, Brian. <laughs> hey, Brian. <laughs> you could tell like he, he was. He knew that Brian's going through some tough times, and Fran wanted to get in that mood that um, I'm compassionate here. Hey, Brian. And that's how this is sold. Oh, my God. Cameo, you can go and you can find anybody from a local celebrity to Mm -hmm. a big national celebrity. Mm -hmm. You pay them from 10 bucks to hundreds of dollars to send a message. Normally, what people use Cameo for is to send a birthday message. Okay. Send a birthday message from what your is favorite athlete. Cost? I mean, it's got to be a variety, right? right. Depending on if your you status. Want, if John Elway was on it, it probably cost. And Cindy wanted to have John Elway yeah. say, "Hey, Ken, happy yeah. birthday! Yeah. Thanks for your support throughout the years." It wouldn't be him anymore. He passed on Josh Allen, but it would have been at a time. Yeah. Sure, right? Four or five hundred dollars. Okay. You want to have? I saw Mike Gasell. Somebody was looking at old Iowa basketball players yeah. after the frame one. You can get them for fifteen bucks. So that's kind of the range that you're looking at here. Send a message. Fran, I know he uses his, and it goes to cancer research. It's not extra income yeah, that he's looking right. for. but That's good to know, Trent. Yes. These guys, they, I mean, McCaffrey's making millions of dollars. Right. I don't think he needs a part-time gig. Right, right? exactly. He's fine. Yes. And the reason that he did this, and, and other people, a lot of celebrities do the same thing, is then they'll donate it to whatever mm-hmm. you know endeavor that they are behind. So, so Cameo p- t- uh, keeps a little piece of it, I'm assuming. Sure, absolutely. And the celebrity gets whatever, yeah. 60, 40, 70, whatever it is. Gets a cut out of that, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. And you just send the message. I mean, you, it's it's like us reading an ad, right? Mm-hmm. And you just, okay, and you read through it. And that's, how long did it take Stoops to make the call to Kirk to apologize? Because we know had that to come. they have a relationship. Yeah, had to come. Likewise, Ryan McCaffrey. And, and exactly. So yeah. I heard last night that the emails inside the athletic department, they were pinging very, very quickly. <laughs> how do we put out this fire? Well, and how long? I mean, I, I, I don't know if, if Patrick uh, or Connor, mm-hmm. did anybody in the McCaffrey family get wind of this? And then perhaps before dad was let in on the joke? Patrick did within 10 minutes. Did he? Within 10 minutes, I saw he had retweeted and uh, he said $60 to cancer research is a fair price for the troll. Yeah. So did did, did he, he probably called dad and said, hey, you got to Don't do it. this. No. But, but, but what's it was already it? up there. Well, I know, but once the Stoops one came out. Yeah. Would you think, though, hey, they're coming after? No, I wouldn't. No, have. no. no. I, I don't think that ever happened. Mm-hmm. The New England one, though. Oh, my just, God. We hear you're going back to New England. Your family loves you, especially your dad. <laughs> you're right. We need to get them as copywriters. Whoever, whoever put these together, whoever, they are tremendous. This is brilliant, Trent. Had to have been sitting on this for some period of time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, maybe you do. I saw a Facebook. I'm not on Facebook. Doc Fuller sent me a Facebook. I should. Can you retweet a Facebook? Uh, if you have a picture of it, you can... This guy sent a letter to Gary Barta. Oh, that thing? Yeah. Just scathing. The lawsuits? I mean, my God. I hope this guy never gets pissed off at me. Absolutely. I want to get his name because he's brilliant too. But this is this is trolling at a level never seen before, mm-hmm. ever. All right, let's do a couple of minutes on the NFL. So your takeaway from the NFL, I think there's a changing of the guard. Perhaps in the NFC North, the Packers did not look good. I know they got blown up in New Orleans last year and came back and ended up winning 13 games. Uh, the weapons are uh, the, the weapons are a concern. I'm really impressed by 
Kansas City of the regional teams. Kansas City looked great. The yes. Vikings looked great. Ah, the Bears won a game in a quagmire, but you know what? They're 1-0, and the Niners, who are still a Super Bowl favorite from the NFC, are 0-1. You know, we were talking so much this summer about the AFC West and how great it was going to be. Chiefs are going to be great. Yeah. Yep. I don't know about the rest of the division. Uh, I think the Chargers are. You love that Chargers I team. do. I've never bought in. I know the talents there. It's still the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're... All right. They're upsides nine and eight because the Chargers. They're the Chargers. Right. They'll find a way to beat themselves. They always do. It's been the history of their franchise. Can we see, I don't know, a ten win season from Herbert before we start anointing him? Well, I think you will this year, but that's my that's my opinion on this. Now here's Denver's from Denver. Uh, now, their defense, to their credit, tightened up a little bit in the second half. It but did. they were getting shelled by someone by the name of Geno Smith yes. in the first half. He was tremendous. He was really good. Yeah. Uh, but so is Patrick Mahomes, and so is Justin Herbert, and so is Derek Carr. And, and he got you, six of them. And you got six of those. Um, so good luck. And I think the Broncos are clearly looking up at the other three, between them and Las Vegas. I think it's a two-team race. And yes, uh, if we did... Maybe wishful thinking, think, um, you know, maybe this is it for, for the Chiefs. Maybe they have a little bit come back to mm-hmm. the pack. I think it was just that wishful thinking. They just crushed Arizona, who admittedly was without, how many guys did they have? A lot was on the sideline. Like 10? Yeah. They had uh, eight, 10 starters that were able to But this is normally when Arizona's go. good. Right, early in the season. <laughs> right. They were not good. No. And the Chiefs were really, really good. Uh, what else from the, uh, from the AFC? Let's stay in the AFC. Okay. We know the Bills are the Bills. Um, Dolphins? Are you ready yet? Tua's numbers look better than he played. Now, this is watching it on the four screen and not getting a, probably a full read of things. I think the final numbers look better than the actual performance that I saw from Tua, but he's got weapons. Mm-hmm. He's got chance. He'll be all right. Buffalo, though, is the gap that's significant between them. I think... Is it even going to be a race? It's no, be, it's not. Because they're going to be thirteen to four. Maybe Miami's ten and seven. Uh, and maybe New England is eight nine. Uh, yeah, or seven and ten somewhere yep. in there. And the Jets are the Jets, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, all right. So let's go to the let's go to the division. Uh, the NFC, uh, NFC. Not staying the let's let's stay in the AFC. Uh, AFC South, where no one won a game, mm-hmm. and we had a tie. Right. Right? Jacksonville ties, Tennessee ties. Colts will be fine. Colts, you think? Uh, they'll be fine. Who do they have this week? Good question. Uh, they have at the Jags. Another road tilt. What happened last time they were at the Jags? Well, it was ugly. <laughs> it was ugly. Historically, the Colts have been awful in week one. Mm-hmm. They have been bad in road divisional games. That's what Jacksonville will also be. I think they bounce back and they're going to be fine. Look at the stat sheet. Look at the box score there. They completely dominated that game. Even when they were down 20-3, to they were dominating the box score. I think it was just one of those weird, quirky, week one games. I'm not overreacting to Indy ultimately tying that game. What uh, What was your takeaway in the, uh, in the, in the North? Steelers, really nice win. Uh, Cincinnati. Without Watt, though, have you seen those numbers? Over were the last in and out to the yes. lineup? No. T.J. Watt. Well, just, defensive player of the year. Just last year. They were 8-1 when he played. And they were 0-7 when yeah. he didn't. Okay, that tells you a lot. And right apparently there. he's going to be able to, they think he's going to be able to come back. But can they keep their head above water until then? That's a great question. Him and Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, you talk about, we always talk about what quarterbacks mean as it pertains to the point spread. Those are two defensive players 
they got to be worth a couple of points each, don't they? I mean, they're they're about at the highest level you can find for defensive players. I'm sure Aaron Donald you could put on that yeah. list, a couple others, but they are very, very high mm-hmm. up there. Look at the play he made. He blocked the, uh, the, 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 the kick. Yes. I mean, a terrific play. Uh, Evan McPherson, I mean, it was automatic last year, and he missed a couple of them. Baltimore, um, Lamar was weird. It, he didn't run much. Mm-hmm. He threw three touchdowns, a couple of deep plays. Bateman, we remember seeing yeah. him with the Gophers. Yep. He's healthy this year. He's got a chance to have. He a was everybody's year. fantasy. Well, not everybody's, yeah. but a lot of people's fantasy sleeper. Let's go to the NFC. Uh, let's go to the East, where it seems like the Cowboys are going to be without Dak Prescott. Jerry Jones says he's going to get him back in four games, which is about half of what everybody else says he's going to get back in. The other three teams are all one and zero. I like Brian Dayball, the head coach of the Giants. Mm-hmm. I'm not sold on the quarterback at this point. Washington, I never. I'm, I don't believe in them. I do in the Eagles. I'm with you. Eagles are the team. You know, that defense from Washington. Remember, they were a playoff team two years Mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. Wheels fell off last year. Back this year, Carson Wentz is going to lose games. He's also going to win games. He will do that, too. As inconsistent as he is, there's going to be those moments. Say, oh, that's what we all saw six years ago with Carson Wentz. There's going to be those moments with him. But ultimately, yeah, Philadelphia, we identified that, what, in July? Are we sure that the Cowboys should be this prohibitive favorite? And I think everybody jumped aboard as the summer went along with this Philadelphia team. Ton of talent. The numbers that Hurts put up late last season. I think there were too many memories right after the year mm-hmm. of Hurts in the playoff mm-hmm. game. And you look at back at the whole t- body of work that he had saying, well, maybe they do have something there. They do, and he's got weapons. Uh, yeah. the, the North is going to be a blast. It always is, with the exception of the Lions. I still think the Lions are the Lions. And But I, another comeback, just like last year. Getting clubbed. Mm-hmm. And they come back. They were. And they, they got a cover. The end. And I like Dan Campbell. Did you? How much of the Hard Knocks did you watch? I ended up watching maybe two and a half episodes. Yeah. I got through it. I finally finished uh, uh, at some point over the week. And maybe, I don't know when it was. I got through it all. Uh, the NFC South. Buccaneers are the Buccaneers. And it looks like they're going to rub egg in our face again. Yes. Tom Brady is. Um, Atlanta is better than I think uh, than we thought. Mm-hmm. Carolina may be better than we thought. Although. It's going to be a fun division. I think it is too. Yeah. Going to be a lot better than the AFC South. Yeah, for sure, by by a long shot. All right, how about the West? What do you what do you take away from Seattle's win last night? Not much. I don't either. I still think they're a seven win team. I think that they might even be on the high end. Maybe, of maybe. Yeah, I I had them more destined for five, mm-hmm. six wins in that. Penny range. was really good again uh, on running the football. But last the emotion night. of that game, it was easy for Carroll to get the guys fired up. They're going Were you surprised Russell though. Wilson was booed as vociferously as no. he was? No, it's a guy leaving. Yeah, yeah. He brought a Super Bowl to him. He but he did. Left. He wanted to leave. Yeah. And that leads to hard feelings. I guess. I mean, Pete uh, Carroll's not uh, without culpability in the in the divorces, you know. Oh, absolutely. By, by, by any means, but um, look, I don't care if they boom or not. I I, I thought that they, maybe it wouldn't be as loud. Everybody else, there's one team that won a game this weekend from the West. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, going into the game last night, they were alone in first, and now they added a half game to it as Seattle goes to one and zero on the season. Arizona's in trouble. They got the yep, Kyler I think problem. So too. You got suspensions. Yep. I mean, you got. Watt sitting on the sideline. There's all kinds of issues mm-hmm. happening there. The Rams, they went all in last year. Yep. What that leads to, though, is when you're spending all that money on the top end of your cap, your players on the back half of that roster, you're looking at all minimum salary guys. You're forced to. And is that catching up with the Rams? Maybe too early, but that's something to at least keep your eye on. 49ers, are you overly concerned? Yes. You are. I just don't think Trey Lance has it. Well, I mean... Seen plenty of guys play in that kind of conditions and play off. Oh, John Elway couldn't couldn't throw the football in the rain to save his life. Yeah. I mean, it's a well known fact. Peyton but Manning. it was prior to that, though. It, it was more than that. 
Um, look, I, I've got missed significant bets on the Niners, so I want them to be good. Mm-hmm. And they've got a lot of talent on the roster. I just not sold on Trey Lance. Prove me wrong, please. He's got plenty of time to he do does. it. He does. He does. 16 more games in yep. front of us. But the overreaction of week one, isn't it fun? What's well, the NFL? Yeah. It's the NFL. It's King Football, and, uh, and this this league rules. All right, uh, we will take a time out. More NFL conversation coming up. We're going to get into those Bears. Bears and the Packers on uh, on Sunday night. Does that kind of feel like a survivor play to you? Oh, yeah. that's It sure seems like Green Bay is going to win this It game. was at the top of my list when I took a peek forward to week mm-hmm. two before the games were even played. And that's another thing I like to do. Denver, Houston, Houston at Denver maybe? No. You couldn't go there. there? No. Lovey. Ties yeah. a loss. Ties oh, a loss in Survivor. Yep. I don't need another tie there. Uh we'll take a time out. We'll come back and talk some baseball with our friend Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. He joins us when we come back. Uh, in our number two, Jeff Hughes, the Bears blog. We're going to talk a lot about the Bears and a lot about that NFC North. And then uh, Derek Duke from Heartland College Sports. We'll get into the Big Twelve. I still, I, I still feel bad in a way that um, the, the Cyclones winning Cyhawk is the secondary story. It is. I just, it's, it's unfortunate. You end a losing streak. You'll end a losing streak, yes. Six and do it at Kinnick Stadium. Yes, you walk in there, you take it away, mm-hmm. and it just... With a, with a start, with a quarterback making his first start, mm-hmm. um, with a running back who you think's going to be okay, you're rooting for him because he waited his turn, he played really well. Xavier Hutchinson um, going up against that defense, Iowa's defense. They played, Iowa's defense played well. Mm-hmm. Iowa State's offense played well. And here's the thing, they got to Decker's... When did Wagner get him? Early oh, in the yeah, game. It was like in the first series. Was there another sack? No. How about that for the so. offensive line? How about that for the offensive yeah. line? As good as Iowa State was, that should have been the story yesterday. But because of Kirk Ferentz's stubbornness, it's not. And if they would have won that game 24-21, that would have been the conversation. Mm-hmm. But the way the game played out, yeah. what we saw from Iowa in week one, this is where it and is. And the fact that they are the 131st out of 131 teams offensively, and the team that sits 130th has a 72-yard cushion on the defending Big Ten West champion Iowa Hawkeyes. It's the story. Sorry, Clone fans. It is. Your team's 2-0. You get the last laugh. 10-30, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Details. Back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Time to talk a little MLB. Matt Snyder covers it at CBSSports.com. He joins us each and every Tuesday at this time. Usually a couple of minutes earlier, we were late going to break. Hello, Matt, Trent, and Ken. Thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm great, you know, just uh, basking in the, the glory of the Bears being 1-0, and and I see you have a Bears guest later, so I might have to hang around. Indeed we do, and you've got, we've got a Bears co-host here in Trent yes. Condon, as you know. So anyways, nice. so let's get into baseball and what we've seen. I want to start with actually with Trent's team uh, and the, the Twins. Look, it's been a good summer, right? They, they're, they're in the hunt. They're keeping one of our regional teams uh, in, the, in the spotlight, at least for until we got to the month of September. Boy, this, uh, the road trip did not go well, um, and the Guardians are playing exceptionally good baseball right now. It seems like the White Sox have figured out that uh, maybe they're better listening to Miguel Cairo not sure how long that will last <laughs> yes. but the twins does it seem to you like it does to me that this team is um you know it's it's probably not going to end with a postseason uh appearance yeah 
Yeah, I mean, as things stand right now, it looks like it's probably over. And I think last week I made the mistake of saying that I would go with the Twins. Maybe I was trying to, like, make Trent feel better. And well, thanks, maybe man. I should have been smart enough to realize that when they went to Yankee Stadium, they were going to get their teeth kicked in. And that was kind of the – it had probably already started. You know, they lost three or four, including two or three to the White Sox before that. And then you see the trip to Yankee Stadium for four games. Probably should have seen the writing on the wall. They did have – those eight games coming up against the Guardians, they'd still have five more. So technically, if they take a big chunk out of that, then they could get right back in it. But, man, it's they, to get swept by the Guardians, they've lost eight of their last 11 to the Guardians. It, it just doesn't seem like it's in the cards right now. And if you look at the Guardians' schedule, uh, it, it's, for the most part, pretty workable. Now they have to take care of their head-to-heads in the Central – like we said, they they have the Twins for five games coming up. They have four against the White Sox. So maybe the White Sox can make headway there. Um, the biggest thing is it looks hilarious when you look at like the, the schedule itself and see six games in a row, but they close with six against the Royals, who really, really, really don't have anything else to play for. Um, that might be what seals the deal for Cleveland. So this Cleveland team, you got Bieber, obviously, at the top of the rotation. Quantrill's been solid. McKenzie can be really good. The back end with Classe, who is just absolutely mm. incredible, throwing that 100-mile-an-hour yeah. cutter that he has, and just almost impossible to hit. The young hitters have started to come alive here this season. Jimenez, who they got in the trade for, uh, for Lindor, and, of course, Jose Ramirez running that. Could this team have a run? They got Tito as the manager. I just... It feels like there's some pieces here that maybe this could be that dark horse candidate, maybe not to win the whole thing, but to get to an ALCS. Is it crazy to think that? Not not, not crazy. Like, I, I think you can squint your way to making them get there because, uh, first off, it's a three-game series. They're, if they win the AL Central, they'll get to host it. So they're playing at home. You get to go Bieber and McKenzie in the first two games. Like you said, Clause at the end of that bullpen. Um, they, they have a couple good setup men like Karen Chack, who <laughs> just got his hair checked for the sticky stuff. <laughs> really, in Minnesota? I didn't yeah. see that. Uh, Rocco Baldelli thought he was going to his hair too much, so they had an umpire <laughs> ah. going through his hair while he was on the mound. That was pretty funny. Um, yeah, and the offense—they're explosive enough. Like you could see maybe Josh Naylor coming up with a big three-run home run or something. And Jose Ramirez is always going to be one of the best players in the league as long as he's still in his prime. And, yeah, Jimenez coming around this year, making that Lindor trade look so good for them. Um, yeah, you can get there. They're going to be playing somebody who's better than them, so that's always going to be a factor. But if they did prevail in that first round, it looks like the Yankees in the second round. And the Yankees, while maybe they got their mojo back this past week, they're not reliable. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, at all. So you could definitely somehow see a Guardians run to the ALCS for sure. I, I, I wouldn't bet on it. I'm definitely not seeing them come out of the AL. Even if you make the arguments like, oh, well, I like the, the pitching. Uh, you know, whenever they have Bieber and McKenzie, 
I like how the pitching lines up. They've got some good players. Well, yeah, you can do that. But then, okay, let's say they're going up uh, against the Blue Jays. Well, you've got Gossman and Manoa in the rotation there, and Romano at the back end of the bullpen, and a lot better hitters. So <laughs> you, you can try to make the argument, but whoever they're playing against is going to be better. You know, is the, can you make a case that it's better to finish sixth in in the standings? I mean, the American yeah. League, I mean, Mariners, Blue Jays, and Rays. I have no idea it's going to end, but it seems like it's going to be those three teams. Wouldn't you rather get Cleveland? And likewise in the National League. And no offense and to the, the Cardinals, right? Um, no offense to the Cardinals, but wouldn't you rather see them? Um, I don't know. It seems like the Padres. Probably. Well, it's 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 a bit trickier in the National League because I feel like you have four powerhouses in the NL. And the the Mets, Braves, Cardinals, and Dodgers, which Dodgers are obviously way ahead, but those four teams are head and shoulders above everybody else. It, it, you really hope that the wild card round doesn't screw it up, and you'll have two amazing matchups in the second round. They're leading to an NLCS between two powerhouses, and the AL it's a lot murkier. And I, I think wholeheartedly, if you're the six seed, it's way better than being the five, and maybe even the four. Now, the argument for the four would be, well, we get to host the playoff series. Okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're the Mariners, you get to host a playoff series in front of the fans who haven't been to the playoffs since 2001. That's great. Maybe you get to play against the Rays. But if the Blue Jays end up in the sixth hole, which they're not right now, it's actually the Rays. But let's say if you're the Blue Jays, for example, wouldn't you much rather just travel right next door to Cleveland (laughs) <laughs> and, and mm-hmm. rather than all the way across the country to Seattle or all the way south to Tampa Bay. Uh, and then there's a bonus that if you get by that round, it's the Yankees instead of the Astros in round two. So, yes, in the AL, six is way better than the five and probably better than the four. <laughs> Wild to think about. We're it talking is. with Matt Snyder right now, CBS Sports, as we take a look around Major League Baseball. Well, speaking about Major League Baseball, the future looks a whole lot different. The most significant on-field changes we've seen maybe since 1969 and the uh, lowering of the mound as pitching was dominated at that time. Bigger bases. I want to start right there. Why bigger bases? What 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 does this one accomplish? The other ones, the shifting, the pitch clock, my simple mind can wrap my mind around it. Why bigger bases? Yeah. I think one of the big deals was uh, the players have been talking for years about the bases. Uh, some of it is like, hey, they're too slippery. Some of it is when there's a close play at first base, especially Spiked. if the pitcher's mm-hmm. covering, mm-hmm. there's just not as much room on that base there. You think about the bases haven't changed in well over a century. The players are a lot bigger now, so their feet are a lot bigger. <laughs> so there's less room on the base. So it makes sense that you could expand it a little bit. And I know it's only three inches on each base, but there's also that part of like, hey, maybe the base is a little bit closer. You know, you're six inches closer to the next base. Maybe that'll cause teams to want to steal more often. Maybe they'll want to take the extra base a little more often. Um, Maybe there's room for more exciting tag plays, you know, with all the guys trying to swim move and trying all these different kind of tags with the athleticism we see these days. Um, Maybe there's room for more excitement there. Um, I think the biggest thing is just giving them more room on first base yep. uh, on those close plays because their feet are so much bigger these days than they used to be. And if you're going to make first bigger, obviously you need to make second and third bigger as well. So I think that was the biggest deal. And while it's it, it, it's probably not the biggest thing in the world, I, I, the only thing I would ask in return to, to anybody complaining about it is name me a negative. 
I can't. Th- I can't see one. I really can't. I think it's yeah. good that the bases are big for the safety issue. For the and I and I love that the shift has been outlawed. I think it's going to lead to way more scoring. Uh, not that I that I have trouble watching a you know a, a one nothing game. I like those too. Um, your I read your piece, Matt, uh, afterwards about the changes. You still would you still think there's one more step that baseball yeah. should implement? Explain. Yeah, I, I think the the main thing is, and you know, a lot of the argument there uh, between the, the shift and the the score, hopefully scoring increase, and then the pitch clock with the dead air. I, I saw people replying back to me like, "Well, you're saying that they need to take out time of the game, but then if the shift adds scoring, it's just going to negate." Well, no, no, no. You're cutting out dead time and you're replacing it with action. That's good. The three hour game's not horrible. It's, we're cutting out the dead time and we're adding action, and I think that's great. Now, if you want to add more offense, and again, as Crash Davis once taught us, strikeouts are fascist. <laughs> There's just too many strikeouts. And no, I don't think it's because of the player's approach nowadays. You can argue approach if you want. But the main reason guys strike out a lot more is because the mound hasn't moved back in over 100 years, and the pitchers throw over 100 now. And you're seeing 93-mile-per-hour sliders. You're seeing 93-mile-per-hour change-ups that fall off the table. They strike out more because the pitchers are awesome, and it's way, way, way harder to hit. So if they move the mound back or down or lower it or do both, I think that's going to make the game a lot more action-packed, give us a lot more balls in play. Found it interesting, uh, just the time between pitches. See, I would have even thought this number is higher. 2007, it was 21.6 seconds. Now it's 23.1. Boy, there, there's some guys, oh, it, I, I think it, Scherzer, feels like there's 90 seconds between mm-hmm, pitches sometimes. Yeah. yeah, it just gets worse and worse. And it's, I, I saw an interesting quote the other day from Rod Carew, who, you know, might, might know a little bit about hitting. <laughs> yep. Um, he said he thinks that it, it's making it harder for everybody to compete with all the time in between because they're thinking more. And it actually makes sense. I mean, if you go back... Even if you go back to when you played in the Little League, mm-hmm. the biggest thing was, man, don't think up there. Yep. Don't think. Just react. And the more time you're standing outside the box for 30 seconds as a hitter, the more you're thinking, like, all right, is he going to throw me a fastball in the outer half this time, or is he going to break me in with a slider in on the hand? And then you have 30 seconds to go back and forth in your mind. You're arguing yourself. Now you're all turned around. No, just be Manny Ramirez and get in the box and see the yeah. ball and hit the ball. Uh, so I, there's probably something to that as well. We shall see. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Matt, what are you looking forward to this week? Will there be separation? Uh, yes. Sorry, sorry, Trent, but yeah, yeah the yeah. Twins, the Twins-Gardens game. But hey, look at it as an opportunity. If the Twins somehow come out and win like four or five, they're right back in it. They are. Um, mm-hmm. Also, the NL East race. I know yep. that they're, they, don't, they only play each other three more times. Uh, and it was funny to see the Mets get knocked around by the Cubs last night. Now the Braves all of a sudden have lost three in a row, including Sunday, which on Sunday you know you're watching a lot of football, but if anybody turned over for the end of that Mariners-Braves game, holy cow, to see the Braves come back and score five in the ninth to take the lead, but then Julio Rodriguez and Eugenio Suarez to hit home runs to walk it off for the Mariners, that was amazing. Uh, the Braves might have a Kenley Jansen problem. He's been giving mm. up a lot of home runs recently, so that's something to watch there in that race. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Matt, thank you. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Appreciate it, Matt. 
All right, take care. Thank you. Good to talk to you, Matt Snyder. As we check in on MLB, I didn't even realize the Mets and the Cubs were playing. <laughs> it just gets lost, it doesn't just it? Kind of does, yeah. right? Not that October will be here; be locked and loaded. But back at it tonight. Woo! Yeah, for tonight and tomorrow night. Yep. There's no football. Uh, we'll come back, finish up the hour. Chad Leistakow just tweeted to his. Twitter, what's his group with a group that they the do? The text group. The yeah. text group, right. Yep. I know PD's got one. Randy Peterson's got one. I will tell you what Chad Leistakow shared with his text group when we come back. Uh, Miller and Conda, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. KXNO. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Final couple of minutes, first hour of the program. More NFL conversation coming up. Jeff Hughes, the Bears blog. Then Big 12 with Derek Duke from HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Uh, so, Trent, uh, oh, I don't know, about a month ago, I know that the register um, was put out, if you'd like to join Chad Leistikow's texting group, mm-hmm. Randy Peterson, there was something similar for the Cyclone fans that want to get Randy's thoughts. Uh, this is a, is it a private group? They get this info first? Yeah, you have to be a subscriber. Uh, it's free. It is, You yeah. don't need to subscribe to the paper, correct? I believe you do. I'm not positive on that. Now do that you subscribe? I do. Yes. You do. Okay. I took one of those summer deals. I think I got it for a dollar ninety nine for like eighteen months or something like Jeez, that. Jeez, I'm ten bucks a month. Yeah. Uh, anyways, got to uh, find those deals. You do. So um, let's. So Chad Leistico, to his text followers, mm-hmm. texted the following quote ahead of to Iowa's news conferences today. I've been able to verify that. They're going with Spencer Petras at QB again this week. Not saying a QB change would fix everything. It wouldn't, but it is a perplexing decision and will make for a testy presser today. Unquote. Again, from Chad Leistico of the Register and the text group. I'm baffled. Mm-hmm. I am 100% baffled yeah. that this is where they are. The worst offense in the country. A quarterback that can't make the makeables. No. A backup that has been competent at the very least. And you're just rolling it out once again. Mm-hmm. An offensive line that has struggled, and a guy that is more athletic that is can Petit move around hurt. Then say that today. Yeah, you almost have to if there is something there. Say he's been banged up. There has to be a reason. There has to be a justification. And talking to Scott Dockerman yesterday, talking to David Eichelt yesterday, talking to people in the Iowa beat, fans are mad, but the media is getting a little testy too. That comment. That Kirk made after the game, talking about, well, you guys only see him on Saturday. That was arrogance. Mm-hmm. That was stubbornness and arrogance. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do get to see him every so day. So there's 70,000 other people, and they've got opinions, too, that count because they buy the tickets. This is saying, I'm smarter than you. Everybody uh-huh. else shut up. Uh-huh. This is a bad look. I agree with you. And here's the bad Here's the bad news if you want to change. You'll light it up against Nevada. Oh, yes, he will. But the Big Ten is next. Oh, this was a perfect opportunity. Well.